has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free. Chucky Keaton, nothing but green inside the five. And he scores on the last play of the game. That is so clutch. Cut for the touchdown. Cut for the touchdown. Cut for the touchdown. I'm a man. I'm 40. Got him. No, they didn't. Oh, my gracious. How about that? Personal file. 69. Offense. He was giving them the business. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. All abandoned out on the field. And they run through our ass like shit through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. Oh, what a catch. I have an important question. Go ahead. What is Brittany doing with her life? The kick is blocked. Appalachian State has stunned the college football world. One of the greatest upsets in sports history. Welcome to Overcompetitive Bystanders. Today I'm interviewing Matt Robeson. He is a bulldog through and through, loves Fresno State. He was raised a Fresno State fan. Uh, He is going to help educate me on Fresno State. He's going to help me understand why Fresno State is great, why they're going to have a great year this year. So we're going to go right into it. Go ahead and give it a listen. I promise if you want to learn anything about Fresno State, Matt is your guy. Thank you. So, Matt, the first question I have for you is what is the best part of being a Fresno State fan? I think best part of being a Fresno State fan is just the connection to the Valley because we are the only real sporting team in the Valley. You know, we've got minor league baseball and minor league soccer and stuff, but for people up and down the San Joaquin Valley, it really is Fresno State football. Okay. So we've got that real connection to just everything the Central Valley is. I mean, people – Every game, every game thread, we always get asked what the green V is on the helmets. Yeah, yes. It's always the San Joaquin Valley, you know, that that agriculture center that we are, and it's our connection to the valley. Okay, so that's why – and it's green because the agriculture is – Yep. Okay. I I always noticed it. Um, I knew it represented the valley. I didn't know that it was green for the agriculture, but that's pretty cool. As an Aggie myself from Utah State – Anything uh, agriculture, I am pro. So with Fresno State being the, the main center, are there pretty good tailgates? You know, is it pretty well focused on in the area? Do they get split up with like some of the major league or major teams in, in the bigger cities? I mean, obviously, we do compete with the NFL teams and MLB and stuff in the Bay Area or down in L.A. But luckily, I mean, being on Saturdays, we're normally – out of that range, mm-hmm. but and you'll usually see pretty strong tailgate scene, pretty strong fan support, especially cool. if things are going well. It is kind of a fickle fan base if things start to spiral, but yeah, usually you'll get a dedicated core that is always there, and they are a loud and committed bunch to Fresno State. Good. Do they have a name for the student section or for the fan base? Um... I know they've tried making dog pound a thing for the student section. It's like it's come and gone a few times. Okay, that makes sense. It hasn't really stuck like the I think the way they wanted it to. Probably yeah. I think Georgia got there first with that. Yeah, that can be tough. I know Utah State generally, 
I th- it feels like we've tried a million things every year of like, this is going to be our new thing. And then it never happens. Dog pound is good. Be interesting to see if they can get it to stick. What's one of the best traditions that Fresno state has? Uh, one of the best traditions luckily is one they're bringing back and it had gone away for a couple of years is the red mile. And red it mile. is um, because of the way the stadium is built, you know, down in that bowl, um, the visit, the locker rooms are offset in a separate building. So teams have to walk down uh, the big ramp as well as a long walkway. And it's usually lined with opposing fans and it kind of leads into the atmosphere of okay. Bulldog Stadium. And then the team will come through it. And obviously it's the exact opposite. It's all cheering for them, mm-hmm. you know, bumping them up, getting them ready for the game as they come down the ramp. No, that's really cool. I like that. How do you feel about Fresno State last year? Uh, finished with a three and three season. Has the fan base been satisfied with that? What do you think? I wouldn't say satisfied, but I think re- the fan base really was understanding of what happened. Okay. Because obviously, whole new staff came in. I mean, there was a little bit of carryover, a few coaches stayed on, but pretty much new staff after Tedford stepped away. Mm hmm. And then right as they were coming in, getting ready for spring practice, obviously COVID hit. Mm-hmm. So we had no spring practice. Fall practice was canceled. And then season didn't look like it was happening, mm-hmm. only to come back later. So no team that played last season had less prep time, you know, practice time than Fresno State. And they were implementing a new defensive scheme, obviously new offensive staff, whole bunch of new players. Okay. So it was really last season was is seen almost like a six game scrimmage. Okay. It was great to play. It kind of showed the blueprint of where they're going, mm-hmm. but everyone kind of sees it as what it was mm-hmm. because everyone was just kind of all the players and coaches were just kind of thrown in the deep end of the pool and told to swim. So what do you think the expectations are for this season? expectations for this season are really just to build off of last season. I mean, even with everything going on, the offense last season was pretty spectacular when it got going. Mm -hmm. Obviously the offensive line was a concern, but even in only what six games, Fresno state had the top offense in the mountain West and Jay Kaner, I think was fourth or fifth Mm -hmm. nationwide for total offense. Okay. And that was, again, no, no practices, Hainer brand new. Mm-hmm. So, and everyone is back. All the yeah. wide receivers, all the running backs, Hainer is back. Dude, I was just looking players. at that. And Cropper has been giving me nightmares since, since you guys played Utah state. He was and incredible. In that come back. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. He's back. Josh Kelly's back. Zane Pope. Plus they added guys like Ty Jones who's six, five coming in from Washington, uh, Jordan Wilmore running back from Utah is here now. Oh yeah. And a bunch of new recruits. So the offense, if the offensive line can keep Hainer upright, should be able to keep pace with anybody. Okay. And it might even give like the 2013 Derek Hard Devonte Adams offense a run for its money. Really? Okay. That's a, that's a strong statement. That's good. It's just it's good where it looks like it's going. Yeah. So what what are some of the games you think will prove that offense is either what 
you're hoping it to be or that it just isn't going to be that? I, it's going to be weird in the non-conference schedule just because of the four games. I mean, they're starting out with UConn, who had a historically bad defense the last time they played. They didn't play in 2020, but their defense was just abysmal, so that might not show us much. And then they go to Oregon right after, mm-hmm. who's looking to go to the playoffs. So it's going to be kind of weird. But, I mean, UNLV is the first conference game, so I think that's really when we're going to start to kind of get their feet and see what the team is like. Okay. But then, was it, November, we've got Nevada, San Jose, San Diego, and Boise, mm-hmm. like four in a row. Yeah. So that's really going to be the put-up-or-shut-up time. What's kind of the expectation record-wise that the fans are, are thinking? Expectation record-wise is definitely at least bowl eligibility. Okay. Probably eight and four is probably like the baseline of what the fan base expects. Okay. Just looking at the record, looking at the pieces coming back, looking at the team is probably around eight and four with like nine and three, 10 and two a possibility. Okay. But they're not expecting much worse than that unless things go really sideways. Okay. Okay. And I mean, that, that's a really reasonable growth too, from going four and eight in 2019 three and three in 2020 with all of what was what we talked about um, to go in eight and four. I mean, you're getting that solid improvement, which I think is what everybody wants. Yeah. And 2019 uh, too was, I think it was six of our games were one score losses. So it was, that was a fluky year too. So just those little tiny flips are all. Oh, yeah. yeah. Looking at it have eight point loss at USC three point loss in double overtime against Minnesota, um, a 10 point loss against Colorado state, a two point loss against Utah state. And I remember that was a field goal as time expired. Yeah, it was. That one hurt. Um, a 10 point loss at San Diego state, a seven point loss to Nevada and a one point loss at San Jose state. So yeah, that's very much a, it just coin flip can, can decide a lot of them. Yeah, that was a man. That was a heart attack year. Oh, especially in Jeff Tedford's case, that's why he stepped back away. That's true. That is very true. Yeah, and it turns out he was really struggling with his health, and that probably had a bit of a knock-on effect. Yeah, the whole team that season. Yeah, that that definitely would would have that. What do you think are the main storylines for the team this year? Uh, big storylines. I already mentioned one. Just the offensive power kind of being compared to that 2013 unit you know 3,000 okay. yard receivers thousand yard rusher Derek at 5,000 plus yards mm-hmm. but the biggest one is probably Ronnie Rivers back for his fifth year at the end of last season he tied the record for most rushing touchdowns and I think most total touchdowns okay. in Fresno State history before getting hurt so he's back now as a fifth year senior you know okay one touchdown and he breaks those records. He's not going to break the rushing, like rushing yardage record that Uh his dad and then Robbie Rouse set because it's just not that kind of offense. But Uh he'll set the touchdown records. He'll set all sorts of different running, rushing and receiving records as he goes. So how do you feel about the defense? You talked about a bit about how the offense is looking good, looking high-powered. 
is the defense potentially going to be a situation where so long as they don't give up too many points, it'll be okay. That's where a lot of people seem to be right now is that this could be kind of like when you look at like a big 12 team, it's like just getting a track meet and hope we can outscore them. Okay. But again, you know, we saw last season, new offensive, new defensive staff, new system with no practice time. So Mm -hmm. we don't really know what it could look like. Luckily, pretty much everyone is back again on the defensive side. Plus a couple of good transfers, um, Tyson Maeva, who should be well known to Boise fans. Yeah. Through Boise to Florida International to us now for his last oh, season. Oh wow! And then okay. Yeah, and then Elijah Gates, uh, former four star from UCLA, safety is transferred in. Looks like he's going to be a starter. Okay. So they should help shore it up. Okay. And then um, Aaron Mosby has moved down to the defensive line. He's moved from linebacker to defensive end and kind of that hybrid Michael Walker defensive end roving linebacker role. So it should be improved, but, you know, we'll see what happens on Saturday. How do you think your, your coaching situation looks right now? Do you think, so is it DeBear? Is that how it's pronounced? DeBoer. DeBoer. Um, is he in a hot seat at all? Um, or is it pretty safe for now? Oh, it's, it's really safe. Okay. It would take a disastrous, like Tim DeRuiter style three and nine, one and 11 style year for his seat to even warm up. Okay. Especially because everyone, he was the OC in 17 and 18. So everyone remembers those teams. So he's got a lot of goodwill there and everyone again, just kind of threw away last year. So he's, Mostly starting from scratch. Who's kind of your favorite player on the team? Favorite player on the team. Or at least favorite one to watch, we'll say. Favorite one to watch is Jalen Cropper. Guy is just electric. Okay. Even rushing, you know, running the ball, jet sweeps, deep routes, anything. But the football team's been doing these, like, meet the team videos through their YouTube channel. Okay. And Dante bull off the offensive line has just been hilarious. Oh, every really? time he appears on them, dude's just complete personality. Oh, that's great. Oh yeah. Those, those meet the team ones are always, are always pretty entertaining. Utah state did one this year where they showed some of the players and their, and their dogs. And it was very much a situation where I was like, all right, I like these players a lot more now because they're out there running around with their dog. Pretty great. Yeah. You get to see the the person instead of just some, some guy on a football field. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing to remember too. We all know that they're people, but sometimes it, it gets a little separate and it gets to a point where we see them as, you know, almost a robot that goes out, competes for my team, does things for my team. And then they, turn off until next Saturday when, when the game starts up again. Definitely. Uh, so it's, it's good to remember. Yeah. That they're and they're real people. <laughs> yeah. They're all 18 to like 22 year olds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so when they're, when they're out there doing dumb stuff, you go, well, yeah. What was I doing at that age? Exactly. So, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big thing. So how did you come to be a Fresno State fan? Um, I went to Fresno State, but it's actually a family connection. My grandparents both went to Fresno State. My dad went to Fresno State, and then I followed. Perfect. So have you been going to 
to Fresno State games your whole life? Or was that something that started more once you were at Fresno? I went to occasional games. Uh, my first game that I can actually remember was the famous 2001 Oregon State game. Okay. Fresno State upset number 10 Oregon State. Okay. But definitely, you know, as I got into high school and decided Fresno State was where I was going, I went to a lot more of them. Got and then committed. since yeah. going to college, I've been to almost all of them. Okay. Been a, a few I've had to miss, you know, various events, people scheduling fall weddings and stuff fall like weddings. that. But as many of them as I can get to. Okay. Do you get to many of the road games for Fresno State? Uh, road games, usually not as much unless it's local-ish or I've got a reason to be there. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But so. when I was in college, I was in the Fresno State band. So I went to all the road games they trucked us to. So that was nice. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, usually do like San Jose or San Diego, you know, one of the close ones or, you know, I, I, not traveling to the Rose Bowl this year, but I've done that one before or like USC, okay. you know, close, close-ish. The, the ones that are at least in-state. Yes. Kinda, yeah, the in-state ones, definitely. That's awesome. So how do you think, we'll just say in the state of California initially, how do you think Fresno State football is viewed? I, we're like so many of the, I don't know, Cal States, you know, us, San Jose, San Diego, we're always kind of the work there in the corner mm-hmm. for much of the state. But we do have a lot of goodwill, I mean, just from the amount of pro athletes that come out of Fresno State. So there's a lot of kind of connection there yeah. for people, especially in the state of California. Well, not anymore because the Raiders moved, but, you know, Derek Carr, Paul George, Aaron Judge kind of yeah. bring, you know, the Fresno state name out and it creates a lot of good press for us out and about. Do you think that compared to the other teams in the conference or in, in California, at least Fresno state's pretty well respected? Well respected probably when they think about us. Okay. I get that. Yeah, we're definitely in the second tier below the Pac-12 schools. Yeah. I mean, sense. we're probably on like even footing with like Cal most years, you know. Okay. You know, so US, USC is way up at the top and then like UCLA, Stanford, and then us, Cal, San Jose, San Diego kind of occupy that next band. Okay. So with Fresno, it's pretty isolated. Uh, and I mean, this is one of the things you talk about that's, that's a benefit in many ways is, is it's pretty isolated from the rest of it. It's its own Valley. So do you get a lot of fans that commute in for games or is it primarily people from the Valley that go to games? I mean, the Valley's a pretty big area. So we do have people that commute in, mm-hmm. you know, a couple hours in each direction, okay. but we will get people coming across from the West coast, from the Bay, coming up from SoCal, coming down from Sacramento area and stuff like that for the game, especially if they are alums or just diehards, they will make the trip. Last question is, is there anything else about Fresno State that people just need to know, whether it's this year or just the program, the school in general? Fun fact about Fresno State, we have one of two uh, winemaking programs in the United States. 
Fresno really? State has its own viniculture and enology program on campus. It bottles their own wine on campus and everything. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, helping educate me on Fresno State on the season. Depending on how everything's going, might have you on during in the middle of the season to to discuss where Fresno State's at, potentially preview a game, and, and we'll see where everything's at. I would look forward to it. Thank you for inviting me on. Thanks for setting all this up. This was fun. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you for listening to that episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. That was a great discussion with Matt about Fresno State. I'm actually recording this episode on Sunday after our discussion. So he talked a little bit about how Ronnie Rivers might, well, will probably get the record for most touchdowns. Uh, I'm happy to report that they have. They just crushed UConn, and that was a, a really fun game to, to watch a little bit of as a non-Fresno State fan uh, because Fresno State looked good, but it was not a not a game you want to watch a lot of if you aren't closely affiliated with Fresno State because if you're closely affiliated with UConn, you probably don't want to watch any of that game. But I am grateful that I was able to have Matt on. Please come listen to our other podcast episodes where we're going to talk about NFL. We're going to talk about college football. We are going to try and keep on top of everything, but primarily talk to the fans, the over-competitive bystanders that are out there for every team, try and get to understand each of you. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere where you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much. Goodbye.